Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. It's the Satellite Sisters. Hi, this is Leanne Dolan. I'm Monica Dolan. This is Sheila. I'm Liz Dolan. This is Julie. Real sisters, real life, real conversation. Tackling the world one cup of coffee at a time. The Satellite Sisters. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Sunday, January 19th. Uh, This is Liz Dolan in Santa Monica, California. Hate to rub it in, people, but it's just one more spectacular day after another. Though Leon Dolan in Pasadena, I was worried that it could be very smoky out where you live because you're not far from the fires, right? That's true. It actually is smoky. So uh, it's smoky and hot, which I hate to complain, but here's what happens in January when it's 85. It's not like we live in a tropical place like Hawaii where you yeah. just wear flip-flops. I have no idea what footwear to choose, Liz. What are we supposed to wear? It's January. We're supposed to be wearing our black boots. Yes. It's 85. I was like sweating in downtown Los Angeles yesterday. We went to an art show. I was like, this is inappropriate what I'm wearing. I hate to complain. Okay, yo, that is, yeah, that is really a trial. Okay, Julie Dolan, you are in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Footwear choice today would be what? Slippers at home home in your closet? Perfect weather for cowboy boots, Liz. They're always appropriate, (laughs) of course. But today is a bright, shiny day here in Dallas, so no complaints. Okay, good. And today we have a special episode of Satellite Sisters Next Generation. You know how we're trying to build up the next gen, because we've got a great next gen coming along. So we are joined on the show today by our niece, Catherine Dolan, in Brooklyn, New York. Catherine, welcome back to Satellite Sisters. You haven't been here since November 3rd. Yes. Hello there. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Well, you know, I mean, we're your aunts, and uh, we saw this week that you posted some major news on your Facebook page, and I just thought that rather than each of us emailing you separately and pestering you for more details or calling your mother and father for more details, <laughs> that we could just call you and have a group discussion. Okay. <laughs> that's right. That's I very much appreciate that because that is one reason I decided to just post a Facebook status, which I rarely do. So. <laughs> See, that's what the next generation is all about. So when last you were with Satellite Sisters, you live in Brooklyn, New York, you work in Manhattan, you've worked for a while at a digital marketing agency, uh, and we did get the breaking news that you are engaged to be married uh, this coming summer. But now okay. now you've turned everything upside down, except for the engagement, right? <laughs> right. So, That's still on. Yeah. So what did you... <laughs> That's good. That's good because we have those plane tickets to Cape Cod. Yeah. And- <laughs> I put that deposit down on that house. Me too. And we really like your fiance. So. <laughs> We're coming to Cape Cod whether you marry him or not. Uh, but so, so what did you post this week, Catherine? You have a big career change. Yes, I do. I have a big career change. I, I left my job last Thursday. It's been about one week of unemployment. And I'm actually starting a full-time master's program. I'm going to grad school starting a week from Monday. So I have about two weeks to revamp my whole life and get into school mode. But I actually, yeah, I'm going through a bit of a career change. I've been working in marketing, advertising for about five years, and I've had 
an interest in health and nutrition for a really long time. And over the past few years, it's sort of grown and grown. And I decided this past year in 2013 to take a night class in nutrition to see if it was really something that I could dive into and if I would actually enjoy the science. And I loved it and applied to a grad school program at NYU. And I found out right before the holidays that I was accepted and was starting January 27th. So (laughs) it was, yeah, a bit of a shock to everyone that I worked with and many of my friends, but I am so excited. I really, I really can't wait. And I've said a million times I would never go back to school, but here I am (laughs) diving into a few years of organic chemistry and physiology. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Now it's not that your aunts don't have total confidence in your ability to do anything, but just uh, when you you went to college at BC, did you take any science during that four years of your education? Do, how no. much of, how much of a background do you have in the scientific aspects of this? So the, I think the one class that I took at BC that was science related was a geoscience class because I heard it was extremely easy. My freshman year, <laughs> I had I had to fulfill a science requirement. I think it was one class at BC. I think it's the lowest grade of my transcript, which I don't know if NYU just overlooked that, but um, I am very appreciative that the program I'm going into recognizes that many people come into nutrition actually as a second career. And so they're looking for people sort of with different backgrounds. Um, But no, I mean, I hated chemistry in high school. It was absolutely miserable. And here I am starting a chem class a week from Monday, but you know, I think I'm ready. I I sort of tested myself with the class at night this past year, and somehow in my older age now, it seems like the science is a lot more relevant, and I actually loved it. So I love doing my little flashcards at night, so I think I'm ready. <laughs> I love the fact that you're in your mid-20s, and you referred to this as your second career. <laughs> Leanna, yeah, your first career was ski bomb, and oh yeah. no, your first career was advertising too for a couple right. of months. Advertising for a couple of months, and I became a ski bomb, and then I became a film producer. <laughs> I did not go back to school, but I have had friends that decided after four years of their psych major, English major, that they really did want to be a doctor, or they really did want to be a nurse, and I admire that because I think that's a calling. Uh, I don't mean to be too emotional, but I think it's a calling, and I think you clearly have an interest in this. You you have devoted yourself to service for a long time, and I say that um, raising two sons that have no interest in helping other people. None. <laughs> they are not interested in bettering their peers' world at all. So, But you have had a genuine interest in that, so I admire it. Go for it. I'm worried. Do you have a backpack? Like, Do you have the stuff of school anymore? So I've actually been looking online many different websites for an actual nice looking backpack because I sort of Google it and you either get sort of like a pink floral backpack that you can have monograms, which I probably had when I was in second grade or, you know, a men's leather briefcase, which I'm trying to be a little bit more hip than that. But I don't know. It's, it's something that's on my list to do next week. I actually also have to 
find out how to buy my books. I don't know if this is just a grad school thing where they don't tell you anything about how to start school or if it's because I was accepted for January, but I'm, you know, Googling online how to get a student ID card and where the bookstore is. So I have a lot to do next week. Well, Julie, Julie, you went to grad school, your husband went to grad school, and then you've worked in a number of grad schools. Do you have any backpack advice for Catherine? (laughs) In fact, I do, Catherine. I think you need to wait to see what the other nutritionists are caring. So I, th- I say the first couple days, just show up with a paper bag. That's it. No, not plastic, not plastic or anything like that. But Catherine, it does raise a good question. Do you have any other friends that have like sort of, you know, at your ripe old age of mid twenties that have decided that, Hey, they want to go back to school or are you sort of the first among all of your friends to kind of shift direction and shift focus? So I think I'm, I'm one of the first in terms of making this big of a shift. I mean, it's funny as I am, I guess a millennial, most of my friends cannot believe that I've stayed at a job for four whole years. That (laughs) is like an absolute eternity. You know, everyone says when I, when, when I announced that I was leaving, like, Oh, you've just been there forever. So, um, it's a pretty big shift. I have one other, uh, good girlfriend right now who's going, going through a shift. Also, she was sort of working in communications and is now, um, studying to be a genetics counselor. So I don't know how this is happening to us. We both don't have science backgrounds, but, um, I think it's just something we've had interest in for a while. And, I don't know. We're, I guess, willing to take the risk of going back to school. And I listened to the show earlier this week when, Leanne, you were talking about Maria Shiver's advice of yeah. investing in yourself. And that's what I'm doing for the next few years. How long is the program, Catherine? Like, what is, what does the next couple of years look like for you? So the master's program, it's a master's in clinical nutrition, and that is a full two years. Um, but What's interesting for me is that I actually don't have the background. Most people sort of come into it with a background that's similar to pre-med. And almost all other master's programs in the country, you have to actually have taken all the prerequisites prior to applying. But NYU accepts a few people who haven't done all the prerequisites, but that means it will tack on about another year for me. So I'll be doing some undergrad classes and then sitting the boards to become a registered dietitian and then sort of along the same time as the registered dietitian, I'll be completing the master's work. So it's looking like about three years for me, which is very overwhelming, but I'm sort of trying to think about it as one semester at a time. And it helps to be sort of breaking it up with different types of coursework. And I'll do a few internships and sort of similar to med school, you kind of match with a, maybe a hospital program or a community nutrition program. So I'll do a few rounds of, um, things like that to see where, where I really would want to work afterwards. Ah, so you'll be kind of, you'll be working and going to school. It sounds like. Yeah. So it's the first probably two semesters I'll be sort of full-time with the prerequisites. And then it will be a mix of actually working in a hospital or a clinic. Um, we have to do some work in like a food service setting also. So I'll be working there while taking the master's courses. So it kind of helps to break it up. At least that's what I'm trying to convince myself. (laughs) The food service is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's not. You love food service. (laughs) That's for you. 
you, Leanne. You can be on the cafeteria line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but Catherine, I mean, I, you are getting married. We, we, uh, Liz mentioned that at the beginning of the, of the show. Your wedding is this summer. How are you and Alex thinking about sort of this change in your lifestyles? Because you both were, you know, you both were sort of working professionals. Now you're going to be a student. He's going to be working. What, what are you guys thinking about as you, as you make this shift? Yes. A lot of people have asked me this and have asked me sort of why I'm not waiting. And actually we both kind of felt that it was the right time. And I think I'm really excited to have one semester sort of under my belt when I actually get married. And it just so happens that sort of the semester break kind of fits in with the whole wedding schedule. Um, but I think it's it's definitely going to be a big change sort of in my day-to-day life. And then obviously um, sort of our relationship, like I, I will be, you know, working on weekends, doing schoolwork, um, but Alex is really supportive and I think he's he's really excited for me and knows that um, he will learn a lot. I mean, he keeps joking that like he's going to be my guinea pig and I'll make him eat all the stuff to get really fat for a few months and then he'll get, and then he'll lose all the weight. Um, but I think he's excited that I'll have some, some sort of health background and I don't know, it's, it's going to be a really big change, but I, I sort of feel like, you know, I have someone alongside me that's really supportive and this, this probably is the right time. And it's, all these big life changes happening at once. I mean, in the next six months, I will be starting school, moving, and getting married. But um, <laughs> well, now's the time. It's the time to be yeah. poor and stressed out in your yes. Job. I was going to yeah. say yeah. that too, Leanne. If you're ever going to like sort of give up a salary and go back to being a starving student, you got to do that in your twenties. It's only, it's only <laughs> right. going to get harder and harder to do that. Yes, <laughs> right. And that's that's sort of you know I've had my moments of freak out. I can't believe I'm going to do this. You know, what am I thinking going back to school right now? And sort of Alex has helped to remind me, like, if there's any time that for a few years we need to be a little bit tight on money, it's probably now. So yeah, it's, so we're just kind of jumping into it. It happened, it happened quickly, but it had been sort of a long time coming in terms of this has been something I've thinking been thinking about for a while. And I've researched a ton of programs and talked to a number of people in um, various health roles. So I'm excited and I, I just, I feel ready. So I think a lot of people, you know, you know, you're, you know, you're probably not ready if you're really scared, but I think I'm more excited than scared. So it's time, (laughs) you know, and your work life is a long, long time. So getting into the career you want now, taking two, three years to do that, that's very sensible because the good news, bad news is you can work for like 40 years (laughs) after that. Right, right. It's not, you know, you have plenty of time to still work a lot. So don't worry. You're in good shape. I mean. Catherine, this is Julie. And you know, this people, cause I used to do grad, uh, grad uh, admissions and you know, you're going to, you're going to end up being 30, uh, one way or another. And now you'll be 30 on your way to having a master's in nutrition, you know, or, right. or, you know, or not. So, and one thing about education is they can never take that away from you. You know, that, uh, you know, like jobs come and go, but you know, your skills, your education, that's, that's for you for the rest of your life. You know, that's good. 
Yeah, and how great you. that it's a program right there in Lower Manhattan. So, you know, yeah. at least you got that going for you. NYU, you and Alex are both in New York. You didn't have to wrestle with the, my God, what if I have to move to get into the kind of program that I want? So that right. must make it a little bit easier to, to make the big jump. Yeah, it definitely makes it easier. We weren't planning on leaving New York in the immediate future. So this kind of actually gives us a nice timeline to sort of figure out, you know, within the next three years, would we, would we want to stay for a few more years? Would we want to try somewhere else? So it, it really, it really worked out perfectly. So I felt like if it, if it had worked out, I got in, you know, it was, it was perfect timing. So, um, yeah, it's a big move, but Okay, how it goes. can I can I ask you about my detox then? Because <laughs> we do need someone with your skill set in the family, Catherine. We don't we don't have anyone to turn to with our important questions. Yeah, the rest of your life is going to be people turning to you and going, "Can I talk to you about detox, or can we please talk about belly fat, or wheat <laughs> belly, La- lactose intolerance, my gastrointestinal situation?" <laughs> yeah. So I won't bore you too much, but I am doing this detox. I'm on day four, and I actually I felt really bad the first couple of days. No, you know, no wheat, no dairy, no alcohol. Um, I was supposed to be no caffeine, but I can't do that. That's ridiculous. So, <laughs> so you're already yeah. cheating on the detox. Yeah, I don't care. I, you know, I just I think the benefits of coffee are more good than bad. So I'm I've cut way back, but I did feel terrible on the first day. But I'm psyched, Catherine. I had uh, I just finished before we got on the air a spinach, banana, blueberry, chia seed, almond milk smoothie. <laughs> That sounds delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> is that going to change your life, Leah? This is the that's. I that's... hope so, Liz. I hope so. Just getting back to basics. Whole Foods, man. You know, not not the store, but the concept. So I'll, right. I'm going to give further details on Tuesday. But I have to say, by day three or four, I'm feeling a lot better than I did on day one or two, one or two. When I just miss an English muffin, for God's sake. <laughs> <laughs> so. I don't really want to live in the world where I can't have a sandwich. But for a couple of weeks, I can do it. I can do it. Uh, well, you know, Catherine, I know you haven't started this program yet, but do you have a position on juice cleanses? Uh, what, what is your position on that? On so, I mean, this is coming with no no real medical That's background. Okay. No, I, nobody I'm who sorry. talks about we, it has any idea what they're talking about. We know you just took a geology course. So, <laughs> but that's one more course than the three of us. So. We're all ears. Right. So I actually, Leanne, when you started talking, I was worried that you were going to tell me your detox was sort of one of the crazy, like, cayenne pepper, maple syrup situations that you do for a week. Um, I think the type of detox that Leanne is talking about is perfect and is exactly what people should be doing. More whole food, sort of cutting out processed things. I actually do not think that I really agree with the idea of a juice cleanse for weight loss. Like I, I definitely see the benefits in terms of detoxing a bit, maybe from, you know, fried foods or alcohol, things like that. In terms of doing that for a weight loss, I mean, if you're not actually 
eating food, the minute you start eating food again, you're going to gain some weight back. So that, I mean, that's my take on it, but I know Good that enough it, for us. Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know that it, I know that it works for some people in terms of just feeling healthier and that has a ton of benefits, but in terms of really being the best detox, um, I'll let you know in about three and a half years. But. Okay. Well, Lee, and it definitely sounds like Catherine's pro sandwich. So you're yeah. in good shape. Yes. That's good yes. for us yes. and for future Dolan events. Our, yeah. Right. yeah, because I, you're ready. We want some good food at this reception. Yeah. Right. yeah, I think that people now have this idea that I'm never going to have ice cream or like a French fry again. <laughs> and that is totally not what I'm into. So, <laughs> um, I have been eating gluten free just because I have migraines and all of my friends are terrified that the wedding is going to be gluten free. So I want to go on record and say that it won't be. I won't be eating maybe some of the things there, but <laughs> it's going to be delicious. Okay. That, that's a huge relief. Speaking of sandwiches, Lee, and I noticed you were very outspoken. You're doing your weekly review of uh, Top Chef, yeah. and it was kind of sandwich week on Top Chef this week, because Roy Choi was um, was the chef for, that was the quick fire, right? And, and he was a poor boy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and he's extremely pro-sandwich, <laughs> and just, and like, I would say militantly so. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say he had a he militant like, pro-sandwich stance? And he was so disappointed, like deeply disappointed in all the sandwiches because not every bite of the sandwich represented the sandwich as a whole, Yeah, which is really deep when you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) That's just a deep thought. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> it was a good, it was a good episode though. I cannot believe that I mean spoiler alert that Nicholas is still on that show. Oh, <laughs> I know. Please. Please. Maybe because a- nothing he makes looks good to eat. No. So that's the, you know, besides his obvious personality deficits. Uh, <laughs> doesn't seem to make good food. <laughs> okay, one more one more food story before we move on. Uh, Catherine, you may or may not have a point of view on this, uh, but everyone, let's we can go around the horn on Walmart's latest scandal. You may or may not have seen this in the news this week, but Walmart in China had to do a major food recall because their donkey meat, uh, which is a big seller. Uh, so that was the first part of the surprise of the story, uh, was that donkey meat is a major delicacy. It turns out what they call their five spice donkey meat. Well, one of the quote five spices was actually fox meat. And so, yeah, yeah. So people are cool with the donkey meat, but they really were not cool with the fox mixed in with the donkey. Uh, but apparently (laughs) this got slipped in because you may or may not know fox meat has a very specific gamey flavor. So there you have it. Um, that one of the five spices fox, Uh, (laughs) I I don't even think foxes have that much meat. Like what could be the point? Yeah. That's what I was thinking too. But apparently fox is cheaper than donkey, which surprised me because for the reason you just mentioned, Leanne, you would have thought foxes are a lot of work for a small amount of meat, whereas donkeys just seem meatier. Yeah. See, Liz, Liz, I think this whole story is a little fishy, if I can use a bad analogy there, because I don't think it's Fox. You know, just think about like all the, you know, you've been in markets around the world and they show these beautiful fur hats and they say, oh, it's Fox, it's Fox. And you know darn well that it's rat. So I think really 
What, what was spicing up the five spicy uh, donkey meat was actually rat, not fox. Oh, okay. So that would be a, one of the other spices. So, yes. so yes. of the five spices, you're thinking one is fox and one is rat. <laughs> no, I'm thinking that they're actually, they're saying it's fox, but indeed it's, it's oh, rat. Oh, I see. Okay. okay. Well, uh, now, now I'm really, really grossed out. And I'm, <laughs> I, I'm going to go back to chia pudding. Like, I, I ate a chia pet. This morning, with almond milk. That's all I want you to know. Well, Leanne, I know the IKEA meatballs used to be a favorite of yours, and then there was that meatball scandal this year. Uh, I have not looked at them the same, Liz. It has it has tainted my love of the meatball. I have to say, I'm sorry to see that go. All right. Speaking speaking of tainted love, uh, the last week we talked about on Satellite Sisters Tanya and Nancy. Okay, and that it was the 20th anniversary of the sports story of all sports stories, and. Th- and we were alerted, thank you very much, on the Satellite Sisters Facebook page that the great ESPN documentary series 30 by 30, uh, or 3430, what is it, 30 by 30? 30 by 30. 30 by 30 was featuring a documentary on Tanya and Nancy, uh, told pretty much from Tanya's point of view. That's the filmmaker decided to actually, you know, believe Tanya for a minute and show the story mainly from her point of view. So Nancy Kerrigan was not um, interviewed on camera, but Tanya Harding was interviewed and allowed to tell her story. And first of all, fantastic documentary. Liz, I know you saw it. Yeah, well, I, I, I demoed it, but I haven't watched it yet. Oh, God. No, okay. people say it's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. I only missed the last 10 minutes because the basketball game before it ran over. So, uh, so I don't know what happened in the last 10 minutes, but the first, uh, you know, hour and, and 20 minutes were fantastic. You know, you know what's amazing about any documentaries when they dig up this footage, you're like, how did they find that? And they had footage of Tanya Harding from when she was like six years old, seven years old. One of her best childhood friends and fellow skaters decided that Tanya was such a fascinating character that she was going to make a home movie of her at her first big world championships. So they're both 15 and she's shooting Tanya like on the phone with her mother. And it was unbelievable to see the footage they dug up. Same with Nancy footage of her, you know, skating when she was nine and 10 and 11 years old. And, and, uh, so the premise of the documentary was that Tanya did not know anything about this. And we were supposed to decide as the viewer, was that true? <laughs> I can tell you. First of all, Tanya Harding uh, can go back to that incident 20 years ago in a second. Like, she has not processed that yeah. event at all. She's, she's ready to talk about it? Still, yeah. like- She is still full of vinegar. She has not made any emotional leap forward. She has not accepted any of the fallout from that at all. Like, she's actually a fairly sympathetic character in the documentary because you do, it is revealed that, you know, she came from a very poor background, as we know, born in a trailer park, her father in and out of jobs. You know, skating was the one thing that really saved her life, and she was a natural talent. She was physically abused by her alcoholic mother, and then she married Jeff Gilhooly, who was allegedly the ringleader of the whole operation, and he was 
was physically abusing her and sort of the oh. people around her knew that, but they felt like they couldn't do anything to get her away. Um, so you do build up a ton of sympathy for Tanya. Like she really did have a terrible upbringing and she married that guy at like 16 or 17. They didn't say the age, but she was super young. And she said just to get away from her abusive mother. And they had all this footage of her talking on the phone to her mother and her mother would just tear her apart after she came, you know, in third, in sixth or something like that. Just really, you know, be terrible to her. So you do build up a lot of sympathy, but the sympathy stops when you realize when they show like the whole group that allegedly uh, planned the whacking of Nancy <laughs> Kerrigan, you know, you're, you're, you're Jeff Kalili, you're Sean Eckhart, who was the bodyguard, who was the first to cave. Uh, the other two, Shane Stanton, remember these names? I've forgotten about him, but I, yes, I know. yes. Believe me, it is going to take you back to that, you know, time 20 years ago when we were all living in Portland, Liz, Monica, and I. Uh, Ann Schatz, the reporter from Portland. Yes. Shotzi, as we knew her uh, and loved her back then, she takes a major role in storytelling. A lot of great footage of all the interviews. And um, when you see the interviews with Jeff Galuli and Sean Eckhart and stuff, you realize Tanya is the smartest one in the sponge by about a hundredfold. So it's hard for me to believe they could have planned anything like this, even as badly planned as it was, without her knowing. But it is was was just an incredible story that kept going on and on and on. So they don't really repeat those 30 by 30s too often, which is too bad. But you can check on your DVR to see if they're going to repeat it. But uh, I think she knew. I think she was in on the planning oh. after seeing this. Yeah. Uh, and, um, she doesn't care. She's un, <laughs> she's un, unapologetic. She's unrepentant. She's, unrepentant. <laughs> she's had a hard life. And, and I think life has, you know, since that moment has continued to be hard on her. Right. Don't you think? Yeah. Well, yeah. I missed the last 10 minutes of the documentary, but yeah, I think if you take a look at her, you can see, we know she all, she did some professional boxing. You know, what was amazing about it is that she was the national champion, but because mm-hmm. it, she, she hit, there's some great remembrances of her hitting that triple axel and winning the national championship in 1991 and um she still could not get a sponsor you know she could not get one sponsor she did not have one person paying for her training whereas nancy kerrigan you know was just being lavished with money before she had really ever even proven herself the one thing i will say though it impressed me about nancy kerrigan uh first of all you forgot just how spectacular she was on the ice in those Vera Wang skating costumes. Yeah. I mean, she like the physical contrast between the two and the emotional contrast between the two is very clearly defined in this documentary. But when you think about like how chaotic the press coverage of that event was, and you can see it. Remember, Tanya practiced in a mall. That was her skating rink. And Satellite Sister listener Michelle was a skater with Tanya in Clackamas Town Center, which is fantastic detail. Yes. Thank you, Michelle, for posting that. And she also posted that a year before the the knee-whacking, Tanya was linked to, like, attacking a car in the parking lot with a baseball bat of the Clackamas Town Center. She never proven guilty, though. Come on. Let's (laughs) So you see Tanya trying to practice and focus for the Olympics in the middle of this media circus in a public mall. And it did give me, um, I was impressed by Nancy Kerrigan that she literally could just shut that all off and go 
rehab her knee and get focused for the Olympics in the way athletes need to do. Like she literally didn't do any interviews, didn't she didn't pay any attention to the to try or to the, you know, the chaos going on. She remained incredibly focused, which is really hard to do, I think. You know, almost every Olympic athlete says it's just so much you get overwhelmed, and theirs was like 100,000 times what most Olympic athletes go through. So that impressed me about about Nancy Kerrigan that she was able to stay focused. And then we had to relive the shame that she didn't win the gold medal. Yeah. Remember yeah. that Aksan Bayul in that heinous pink outfit with the fur sleeves? <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about rats. Talk about <laughs> Well, I was thinking about that this week because um, by sheer happenstance, I watched the Lillehammer Olympics, that particular performance, Catherine, you and your sister Megan and your mom and dad were living in Morocco at the time, right? That's right. Yeah, we were in Casablanca. Yes, you were living in Casablanca. I was like in the region for some work thing. So I came to visit you guys for the weekend of the figure skating in Lillehammer because I wanted to you know, see the figure skating and of course see you guys. And, uh, we watched that together, but you in Morocco, you didn't even own a TV. So I think, didn't your dad have to, I remember going out and like borrowing a TV and then like the U S consul general, the woman who was running the consulate in, uh, in, uh, Casablanca was friends with your mom and dad and she videotaped it. And we had to go over to the consulate and pick up a VCR tape and come back to your house in Casablanca and watch it. Do you have any recollection of that? <laughs> you know, I actually don't, but that sounds right that we would not have had a TV and we would get the consulate involved only for the Olympics. That is <laughs> totally the Dolan family. So, well, it does remain the single most watched Olympic event ever. Really? So when you think it beat the U.S.-Russia hockey game, you know, single most watched Olympic event ever. Well, wow. it's you're right to bring up the whole Oksana Bayul thing because after all the Nancy Tanya buildup, you really, really, really wanted the story to end with either Nancy or Tanya winning. Right. And it's just, I can remember sitting watching this VCR in your, like, <laughs> living room at Casablanca, and we were like, what? what? I know. What? And she, she deserved to win. Yeah. And Nancy deserved to win. She did a spectacular performance. And then, you know, remember Bayol, like, two-footed, a bunch of landings? I mean, but it was clear from what all the people in the documentary said, like, the IO, the international. They were not going to reward that, right? They had just, they had predetermined that there was definitely the sense that they, they were tired of the Tanya and Nancy story. They did, we resented that the Americans were taking over the press coverage of, uh, figure skating, even though, you know, it did catapult figure skating to a ratings bonanza, but they resented it. So they had just predetermined that Biol was going to win. And that was it. Like, that's the only thing she's ever won. She sort of disappeared after that. And so, um, and that was it. But it was a fantastic documentary. I totally think Tanya knew. <laughs> there you go. And Oksana Bayul will be, she'll be in Sochi. Just watch. She's going to be there in that pink outfit. She's going to be, but that's the thing. She'll be able to fit in into it probably. <laughs> and I think I did see that if you're listening to this right now on Sunday, I think I did see that ESPN was rerunning that today or tomorrow. So, oh, okay, good. So okay. run, do not walk to your TV listings to see if you can, uh, if you can record that. Yeah, it's just really well made. So like even my son who doesn't have any interest in figure skating or anything was fascinated by it. 
And, uh, and so it's excellent. Good work. All right, Julie, uh, it's been a big week for First Ladies. It certainly has. Well, first of all, happy birthday, Michelle Obama. You turned yeah. 50. Yeah. Okay, I'm good for you. Yes, we are very proud of you. You've been a great first lady. You've, you've done the job well with style and grace, and so hats off to you. So why shouldn't you have a big birthday party at the White House? But, Leanne, it made me think. You are coming up on the big 5-0. You've got, you're a little over 13 months uh, before Thanks. yours. Okay. <laughs> And so I just well, uh, you raised this yourself a couple weeks ago, yes, Leanne. I know, I know. Of course, we have no idea how old you are. So, but you said you're turning fifty sure, a little while ago. I'm like, like in two years, I'm turning fifty. No, uh, no, uh, not in two years. Okay, thirteen months. So, okay, yeah, that whatever. is definitely not two years. Like <laughs> thirteen months. Okay, just just a little point. But I think you need to start. You know, compare and contrast. Michelle Obama, Leanne Dolan. Okay, first of all, venue. Okay, Michelle, she got the White House. That was pretty Thank good. For a it birthday is good. Party. Yeah. You got anything? I know you have a nice backyard. But <laughs> yeah, uh, that's, that's it. Okay, entertainmently, and you really need to start thinking about entertainment that you'd like to have, something special at your birthday. Michelle was able to call her good friend Beyonce and Smokey <laughs> Robinson. Okay, how about that? Now, you have the Lab Rats. You have Sheila and Monica, and they have been known to lip sync to a couple of things. So okay. maybe maybe you can get them to do something. I know there was a musical tribute at Liz's birthday party when she turned 5-0. So oh, that's true. That's, that's correct. There was that big Prince number at my birthday party. Right. There was lip syncing and wigs involved in that. <laughs> okay. Now, food is, which is usually a strong department. I hope you'll be done with your cleanse fast by then. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, Beyonce, she has the White House, and they, you know, they have some chefs there that cooked up some stuff. But I believe, Leon, you can, uh, you can cook your own, you can make a very nice meal for your birthday uh, thing. <laughs> and then, yes, you got to start working on your guest list because, right. uh, you know, Michelle, um, she was a, Jay-Z was able to come to his. I know you have your brother, Brendan, you know, right. he may be available. He may be hanging around, but I, I just, there's time, Liam. There's yeah. time for you to pull it together. And, uh, you know, it, it's quite something what Michelle Obama did. So I am just, I have very high expectations for you. Okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was actually thinking about a yoga retreat. So, uh, oh, all right. Well, then that sounds terrible. <laughs> Catherine, that sounded good to you. I could tell you liked that idea. That sounds that sounds great to me. If someone else can pay for it on my student salary. Oh, that's right. Oh, now she's going to play that card for the next <laughs> Okay. All right. Well, the other big first lady news, and we just have to talk about this, is the French president, Francois Hollande, or if you're a French hater, Francois um, Holland, he's having an affair. Okay. Now you say, well, why is that a big deal? Because he's a French president. Haven't they all had affairs? Okay. But let me give you the analogy of this situation, and then I'm going to break down some of the details. Okay. This affair is as if... Okay, you know, and The Economist magazine uh, pointed this out. It's as if Barack Obama was having an affair with Jennifer Aniston. Are you following this? Okay. And he was cheating on his partner who lived in the White House, Katie Couric, okay? okay. <laughs> and that was still a, a very upsetting to his former partner, Hillary Clinton, who is the mother of his four children. 
<laughs> okay, I'm already confused. I, I, I think I need to see a diagram, Julie. Okay. I think I, Please, so. you need to take out a piece of paper because this is going to be complicated, and that's why this is a big news story. So you have Francois Hollande, right. who is okay. I don't know. I don't know what he does, but he must have some charm. So. He is having an affair with a big French actress named Julie Gaillet. Gaillet, okay? And it's called Gaillet Gate now, okay? So he's, oh, ha- okay, that's he's having an affair. He's, he was, that's his new secret love. But the woman that was living in, you know, the palace. The Elysee Palace with him? Yes, yes, with him. It's not, he's not married to her, but she was the, she's acting as the uh, um, first lady. Her name is Valerie um, Trier-Willet. And she is like the Katie Couric uh, figure. She's a journalist. Oh. And she was cheating with Francois on Francois's first partner, who is Ségolène Royale. You remember? Oh, yes, yeah. I remember her. She's the big political candidate yes. who ran against um, who get, ran against or lost uh, to Nicolas Sarkozy. Right. Oh, so right. he was, he was, he was, uh, uh, Ségolène Royale was his first partner. They met in grad school and they had four children together, but they failed to ever to get married. And then Katie Kirk, the Katie Kirk girl showed up, <laughs> Valerie Trier-Rialet, and she, so she ousted Hillary Clinton. You're following this. Yeah. She, now I get it. Now your analogy is fantastic. Okay. Now she moved into, she moved into the palace. Okay. And so that was all fine. And then Julie Gaillet, the Jennifer Aniston character, who is actually married uh, um, to an Argentine film director and has two children, but still... Alfonso Cuaron? <laughs> exactly, Lance. Yes. But still managed to squeeze in the affair with the president of France, okay? So she was doing that. But the reason this all bubbled up is because Francois Holland, or Hollande, <laughs> used to take... This is so French. He used to take his little scooter, okay, and he'd leave the palace and take the scooter. He'd wear a helmet so that no one would see who it was, and he'd just scoot down the road to go in with the Jennifer Aniston girl, the Julie Gallet Gaillet. Can you believe that? Yeah. It's just hard to imagine the president of a country just scooting down the road. Just you it's like the, so. I know we overdo here in the U.S. that, you know, everything is a production. Obviously, security around the president is very tight. But it seems like way the other end of the spectrum to think you could just get on a scooter and go out for a little afternoon delight. You know? I mean, I, I, you, Bill Clinton at least would have gotten, what would he have gotten? He would have been on a Harley or he would have been on a Hummer. You know, <laughs> or just invited her over to the Oval Office, really. Yeah. It wouldn't have been. He, he did obviously did not feel the need to leave the premises. <laughs> okay. And so why, I hope you've been taking notes during this podcast. And if you need, need to, you can repeat this. The reason you need to know all of this, because now Francois Hollande and the Katie Kirk girl, okay, the, um, Valerie, uh-huh who is hospitalized right now because she she just did not take the news about the new girlfriend very well, and apparently she took uh, too many pills or something. Oh, my gosh. Ended up in the hospital. So Katie Couric is in the hospital. You see that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, so Francois Hollande has gone to visit uh, Katie, uh, Valerie, once, uh, uh, and he's like, I don't know, he's just talking to her, hoping that she'll accompany him to the United States because they're supposed to arrive to see Michelle and Barack 
um, on February 11th. Wow. wow. What a complicated web we you, weave. You see, these French, they really know how to have an affair. Okay, <laughs> but just some simple Oval Office, yeah, yeah, some high-powered Washington lawyer, whatever, you know, but wow, <laughs> dress, mess, no, none of that. No, no, this is, this is it. So This uh, is a movie. This is why their movies are so great, too, you know? <laughs> it sounds like an episode of Scandal or Revenge. Yeah, it does. Yes, it does. As ridiculous as Scandal is. Yes, it's exactly what it sounds like. See, but it, you think it's ridiculously, and because it probably wouldn't get that complicated here in the U.S., but en France, this is the way they roll. This is, yes. <laughs> this is the multiple affairs going on simultaneously. It's a level we can only aspire to here in America, I guess. I think the French president should actually bring Jennifer Aniston to the White House. <laughs> okay. I think that would be good. That may be a good... Leave Katie <laughs> in the hospital. Bring <laughs> the actual <laughs> Jennifer Aniston. Bring the and, actual- there, and there you have the Hillary Clinton one, with the four children, grown children, right? And so they're like, they're, they're an amazement over this as well. So, Wow, okay. Well, you're going to have to uh, keep us updated on that, Julie, because that's, that's, that's a little complicated for everyone. It is. I, I, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> and I had heard that that video of him existed, but um, have not seen that. Uh, okay, speaking of video, I wanted to mention, like occasionally I talk about what I do on the show, but not with a lot of specificity because I only work on things outside the United States. So you never really get to see anything I'm working on. But this week, all of that changed. So I just wanted to tip you off an interesting video that I was a part of that's online now. I mean, Catherine, you know, because you've been in digital marketing, that the whole world now is about like trying to get things to go viral, but you don't right. exactly know when lightning is going to strike, Right. Right, exactly. Uh, like you, how many clients do you have that was making stuff and sort of throwing it out into the YouTube universe and just hoping it would get picked up? Everyone just crosses their fingers, right? Right. They try to say, oh, we'll pay you to make a viral video, but nobody can really make one. I know. This is what I hate about 21st century marketing. Back in the day, you could just make a commercial and buy enough space on TV that everyone saw it. Now you have to actually make it interesting and people have to choose to watch it. So anyway, so I, so I've been working on, uh, the return of the second half of the season of the walking dead, because that's a show that my company markets outside the United and all the other countries besides the United States. So we wanted to do kind of a prank video of a, uh, a super fan getting, um, pranked by the show. Uh, because prank videos seem to do well out in this, you know, viral world. Uh, but we couldn't find a good prank that we thought wasn't kind of mean to do to someone. Because, you know, The Walking Dead is a little bit, you know, it gets ugly on The Walking Dead. And every scenario we imagine, we're like, no, someone might be really embarrassed if we do that to them. But then we found this kid. It's a, just this amazing kid from New Jersey uh, named Nick. And uh, Nick was born, he has a rare genetic disease um, where he was born with uh, no legs and only one arm. And, um, but he, uh, he has done his own series of zombie video pranks, which, again, you can see these online, where he dresses up as a zombie and he sneaks up behind people in grocery stores and things. And I, I know it sounds very dark and very mean, but it's hilarious. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, if you say so. No, I know. You're just gonna have to you're gonna have to take my word on this. It is just because he's so funny and so comfortable in his body and uh just really has a good time freaking people out. So this this week we took Nick, we decided, okay, instead of having the walking dead prank a viewer, why don't we have a viewer prank the cast of The Walking Dead. So we took him to um, Japan, and we had two of the stars of the show were in Japan this week doing promotion for us. So Andrew Lincoln, who plays Rick Grimes, and uh, Norman Reedus, who plays Daryl, they were both in Tokyo doing a bunch of stuff for us this week. So we set up this whole huge elaborate prank where... um, Andrew was in on it, but Norman was not. And Nick got a chance to prank Norman Reedus, who's the ultimate badass in the show. He's the one that carries the crossbow. And uh, anyway. Oh, okay. Yes. So it's very funny. We released it on YouTube on, um, let's see, we shot it on Tuesday, released it on Thursday. And it now has... More than two million views, people. I'm yeah, wow. I, I am super excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> because I noticed you posted it on our Facebook page. Yes, I think it was us. I think yeah. we did it. I think we started it. Well, I did want to explain it to our listeners because it's not the kind of thing I would normally post on our Facebook page. But in just, fact, I thought your Facebook page had gotten a correct or something. <laughs> yes, I didn't. I didn't want to turn that video on. So um, I thought is sending out inappropriate videos. That's what no, I thought. It's, I, I think, I know this sounds hard. The way I've explained it is not very good. But Nick um, is just this incredibly heartwarming, funny kid. And he had been doing this on his own. So, so this was like his ultimate dream come true uh, was to meet Andrew Lincoln and Norman Reedus. And he had been kind of campaigning online to get a zombie role on the show. But we thought this would be even more fun. We don't really control who gets on the show anyway. But we thought this would be even more fun because instead of Nick being on their show, this is really like them being part of his show. So um, all day yesterday, because we just released it, I I spent most of my day just pressing refresh, refresh, refresh on my browser so I could watch the YouTube number go up and up and up. Because when I woke up yesterday morning, it was – that is Saturday morning – it was 800,000. And by today, right as we started the show, it was 2,159,000. But anyway, uh, more than wow. anything else, it's just kind of a cool story, and he's a cool kid. And that's why I wanted to explain why I put it on our Facebook uh, group, and I just want to people off. It is kind of – it is surprising and fun and uh, and actually very heartwarming because the cast loved meeting him, and he had the time of his life. So, you know, these prank videos – are kind of a happening thing. Did you guys see the devil baby this week also? Did anyone see that? I, I saw it posted. I never clicked through. I don't know okay. what it was. The okay. photo was funny. It's... That was awful. That was terrible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, was... awful fun. No, I thought it was hilarious. Awful. Those were all those people trying to help some poor, <laughs> some poor baby alone in a carriage, and they get scared out of their minds. I thought it was terrible. Oh my god! I thought it was fantastic. The uh, because the carriage is remote controlled, Leanne. So so people see this like baby carriage all alone, and they start to move towards it. And then the, in several shots, the the carriage like charges them and then this super scary baby pops out of the carriage oh my gosh that's it's it's a terrible terrible thing (laughs) (laughs) i don't know julie i guess prank videos are not your thing 
I don't know. The uh, Catherine, you're going to have to back me up on this. It's kind of in the zeitgeist, wouldn't you say? The big, the big scary prank that has a I funny ending. I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I haven't seen either of these, so I have my day cut out for me now. <laughs> Just prank videos. <laughs> All right, and one last thing I wanted to say, uh, Mary, I'm sorry, I know your name is spelled M-A-R-I, and I keep saying Mari, but it's Mary. Uh, Thank you so much. In the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, you've just taken it on to put the fitness effort together, so you have a Fitbit group going there. Anyone that wants to be part of the Satellite Sisters fitness group, you can just see what Mary has posted there, and please join in. It's really nice to see that you've just... uh, that the sisterhood has taken this upon themselves. And uh, I wish I was, I wish I was enthusiastic enough. <laughs> I know. I just, None of the sisters are joining. I know. I know. I feel terrible about that, Mary. I really do. But I'm just kind of working in my own little space here, trying to get back on track. I'm not exactly drinking Chia Pets like Leon is, but I'm <laughs> working on the master plan. Um, Super psyched for my pumpkin seed pate later on in the day. <laughs> wow, that is good football food, folks. Pumpkin seed pate. Uh, oh, yeah. So who's got what going on this week? Uh, Catherine, you're, besides the backpack patrol, is there anything uh, urgent you have to get done this week in your life? So I, I think I'm taking a page out of Monica's book. I'm doing a little bit of revamping and uh, uncluttering my, you know, one room, my studio apartment, which is <laughs> the living room, the kitchen, the bedroom, the bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm... Trying to do it before the semester because I, I will be moving in a couple months. But yeah, I'm just trying to trying to get all my affairs in order and trying to get a pretty cool backpack. <laughs> okay, good luck with that, Julie. Leon, anything going on? You guys are going to do a show on Tuesday, right? Yeah, oh, it yes. looks like try to get that done. I got I have some things, and of course we have our, our now controversial Downton Gabby. So looking forward to talking about Downton Abbey this week, Joel. You and That's me. right. I know we're going to do it. It's going to be great. And yeah. <laughs> you can't stop us. You can't stop us, Downton Gabby. <laughs> and, um, and and that's it. I'm just hoping to make it through the week, Liz, without any dairy. I'm hoping Leon makes it till Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, don't be cranky on that Tuesday show. All right, well, um, you know where to find us. We're on Facebook. Our Twitter handle is at Sat Sisters. Uh, you can email us, sisters at SatelliteSisters.com is up and working again. Uh, we figured out we, what the password was. Not that it wasn't working. It was sort of we were not working. Uh, I know people have a busy Sunday, so uh, thanks for uh, thanks for dialing in, sisters and Satellite Sisters Next Gen. And don't forget, call your Satellite Sister. <laughs> <laughs>